Nicole Matthews, corporate America dropout turned entrepreneur and owner of The Henley Company, an event travel and lifestyle management firm. It wasn't that long ago that I was dreading my drive to my fancy corporate job each day or felt disenfranchised with the work I was doing. In 2007, I jumped off the corporate escalator and directly into the elevator of opportunity. Today, I'm an author, speaker, educator, and serial asker. I wholeheartedly believe that your life changes when you start creating your own opportunities and making big asks. Hands down, the business and life I have today is 100% the product of giving myself permission to design the life I want to live. It was always my dream to work at the Olympics, and by making a big ask, that dream became a reality. I now have multiple Olympic projects to add to my life resume. I created the Big Ask Podcast to share these best practices with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur hungry for revenue generating tips or an individual restless to make a significant change, the life you want to live could be just one big ask away. Get ready to be entertained by real life stories, no filter conversations, and inspired by the daily hustle. So let's get started. This is the Big Ask Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Big Ass Podcast. I'm Nicole Matthews and I am thrilled to be here today with my good friend, Anthony Bellotta, who is the owner of Bellotta Entertainment. And I know we are going to have a dynamic and fun conversation. Um, Anthony's the kind of guy you want to take a road trip with because you always know there's going to be a good story and we're going to have a good laugh at some point. So um, I am delighted, Anthony, that you have um, said yes to our first podcast via Zoom. We are conforming to the times and uh, taking the Big Ass Podcast onto Zoom. So thank you so much for being here. Um, And um, I... I have had the pleasure of knowing you for many years, but um, just so that everybody else gets to know you, if you can just give a little bit of background on who you are and what you do and why you're so fabulous. I wish I knew. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm Anthony. I'm Anthony Bellotta, Bellotta Entertainment here in San Diego. And I actually started my career in the event industry as a performer. Uh, I studied theater at Syracuse. And uh, it's funny that this is called The Big Ask because the last thing I wanted to do was go to New York. The very last thing I wanted to do was go to New York and audition because I was scared silly to be in New York at that age. I just didn't know who I was. So I took my degree and I moved back to Florida and I ended up with a performance company and the market was events and meetings. And who knew what that was? I had no idea, but I could perform. And so I joined this group, uh, which soon became an internationally performing group going all over the world, performing for corporate functions and gala dinners and awards ceremonies. And you know what that means. And mm-hmm. uh, soon after I was brought to San Diego to start another company, uh, a similar company uh, called Escapade. And I worked on that for three years. We built up a performance company in North County, San Diego. And then I decided to go out on my own. Uh, owning a business was not on my to-do list. <laughs> it was not part of my big plan. Um, yeah. I just felt at the time that I I felt I could do it. I, I had the tools, I had the resources, and um, I knew that I could make a go of it at that time. It still wasn't my first love. I still thought I'd end up performing, but uh, but I went ahead and started a business and slowly grew it, uh, working with major companies, uh, providing them general session services, creative services, production, entertainment, 
uh, and having a lot of laughs and, mm-hmm. and great times along the way and meeting For sure. great people, right? Uh, yeah. It's really what it's all about is the, the education that I've gotten being in this mm-hmm. business. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's really, really been eye-opening. Yes. <laughs> you know, because you, know, you hear things and you see things that you might not ordinarily be privy to, you know? Right. And uh, it's it's fun. Especially when it comes to big name talent, I bet. Especially. especially. <laughs> I try to keep tight-lipped, but, you know, there is the occasional yearning to just gossip. Yes, uh, yes. But, um, and everyone, everyone that I've had the pleasure of working with, Everyone has been great. Maybe one hasn't, but for the most part, everyone has been great. Uh, Because, you know, I think in the beginning, working with headliners in our industry, uh, very few people were doing it. And we were viewed as the sort of stepchild of work opportunities for headliners. You know, nobody Mm -hmm. really wanted to do corporate events because that meant you were washed up. That Uh meant you couldn't get a TV appearance or a film, or you couldn't get your album sold. That's basically what it meant. Mm -hmm. So people were not very, uh, artists were not very responsive, but that's turned around and it has become quite a business Mm -hmm. uh, with the artists resurrecting their careers through it. Um, One artist in particular, two of them in particular that I know of started their careers in this industry, Danny Gans being one of them and Terry Fader being another one, Mm -hmm. uh, which was unheard of back in the day. You know, you didn't start in events and make it to the big time. It was the other way around. And it was a step down. So it's not that anymore. We've seen such tremendous turnaround. And, you know, at three o'clock, I have a call with William Morris. It's a it's a virtual call to discuss virtual performances and how we're going to make that work and what the policies and procedures will be around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's you can see it's evolved and and we're now viewed. Our industry is now viewed as a player, and yeah. uh, we don't we don't necessarily uh, help people to uh, get a new film. You know, help artists to get a new TV show, but we certainly do line their pockets mm-hmm. with cash so they can yeah. continue to do what it is they love to do. And they do so well. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so tell us something about you that might surprise us. Is there anything about Anthony Bellotta that we just don't know yet about you? Yeah. Yeah. That I don't know maybe about you. Ooh. If I Siri wants to even play, there we go. Oh, Siri, shut up. <laughs> Siri, I know. She's such a bossy cow, that Siri. Look oh, at her. She's back she, again. She, Get off. She butts okay. in at, at the worst <laughs> times, always. <laughs> yes. So uh, what is a fun fact about you that we should know? Well, to be perfectly honest, I'm I'm not as confident as people think I am. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, in this little head of mine is fear and angst and what the hell am I going to do next? And why did I make that mistake? And, you know, how can I fix that? And how can I do mm-hmm. that better? And so um, it's it's come as a bigger surprise to me that people see me as confident as they do, mm-hmm. because I don't see myself that way 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember the very one of the very first times that we've met, and I've told you the story before. But um, as as the listeners know, I own an event management company in San Diego, and so you and I were working on a major event for um, a huge industry conference, and you were the ambassador for San Diego, and you were looking for somebody to um, chair one of the biggest events as part of that. And um, you know, you put my name forward, and I didn't know that you knew who I was at the time. I mean, I was just young and coming up through the industry and the fact that Anthony Bellotta knew my name, number one, and number two, actually thought I was competent enough to take on a challenge for that. I, that will always be, um, as perhaps as insignificant as it is for you. And you probably never remembered until I told you that story, but, um, that for me was just such a defining moment for my career because I thought, oh my gosh, the, the Anthony Bellotta knows who I am and believes in what I do. And it really helped kind of uh, make me feel like I had a place in the event community in San Diego. So um, I thank you for that. Thank you for giving me that gift and um, believing in me. Um, and um, if you don't always believe in yourself, I certainly believe in you. So um, anyway, I just wanted to make sure you knew that as part of today as well. Thank you. And I'm so yeah. sorry that while you were being so kind to me, my phone was ringing in my pocket. <laughs> so I hope it that's didn't technology. That's the world we're living in now. Yeah, right? So don't even worry about that. Yes. Don't worry about that. So, but, um, but I do, I do want to just sort of make a comment on that if you don't mind. And that is, it's a good lesson for both of us because mm -hmm. I think what I saw in you was the confidence that people see in me. And, um, and we have to remember that, you know, that the mm -hmm. outward projection isn't always how we feel mm -hmm. and that's powerful. And there is a lot of, um, responsibility in that as well, that we fail to see sometimes, you yeah. know, yeah. um, and there's a lot of strength in it. So yeah. I may not be as confident as you think I am, but I'm surely going to make you think <laughs> yes, I'm exactly. Now, right? Exactly. And I'll it also, <laughs> yes. And it also speaks to when an opportunity is presented to you, you know, oftentimes you should say yes. Right. I mean, I, I, it felt to me like your ask, I, you know, here we go. The big ask, right. Your ask to me was bigger than what I thought I was capable of, but I still said yes, because I thought, well, if Anthony believes in me, I'll figure this out. And, and so it's just so important, right. That as, as mentors and mentees and people in the industry, and, you know, it's just that, it's just that realization right. that your word, your words matter. Right. And, and just taking the time to acknowledge somebody in their hard work is career changing for some people. So, you know, so we all have to continue to do that and be better at that and, and um, really make a conscious effort, I think, to recognize talent in people and say, I believe in you, you can do this, you know, and that was really important that you did that for me. So. I, I thank you. That's when, well, that's when our little friendship love affair started. Yes, it sure did. And see, I'm glad I did. Look at, look at what yes, I got in return. Look at where, and look at where we are now, right? Yes. Look at where we are now. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. So, so um, moving. That, I was just going to say, and to that point, I've never said no in my yeah. business. I've yeah. never said no to a challenge. And, and with the same kind of fear and the same kind of angst. Yeah. But I, I knew, hey, hey, if you say no, you don't get to pick your opportunities. Right. Some people, I think, do. But I certainly, yeah. you know, they're presented. I go after them and work. And so yeah. when somebody presents an opportunity outside of my comfort zone, as long as I felt I could handle this or I think mm -hmm. I could do this, hey, you do it. Yeah, or you don't get absolutely. opportunities and you go nowhere. Right. Right. Exactly. Such a great, such a great reminder. So here we are in the midst of 
you know, whatever the world we're living in nowadays. And, and you and I have been particularly hit hard because of us being in the event industry. And so how have you had to pivot your business? Um, number one, and number two, you have a team of people who are, you know, you're responsible for, this isn't just Anthony taking care of Anthony. Um, I'm lucky cause I only have to take care of myself. Essentially you are in a much different position. And so what has that been like the last few weeks for you? Um, just as you've pivoted your business and, and just sort of being the leader of your team as well. It's a good question. <laughs> it's, uh, it's challenging. Yeah. I, uh, Nobody knows. Nobody has any direction. So, but you're still faced with having to come up with some direction and uh, keep your staff feeling like there's motion forward. Movement is still possible. Mm-hmm. Let's stop for a moment because I just lost you in my ears. So I'm okay. going to bring you. Sorry about that. Can you hear me? Yep, I can. That's fine. Now I can't hear you. Okay. <laughs> Put it, put me through your computers. Wait a minute. Hello, hello. Uh, <laughs> Just so you can. Yeah, I'm gonna, no, I, I, it won't plug in, babe. I don't. Oh, okay. Hold <laughs> on a minute. He's going to give me earplugs. Oh. No, it's He's not a... that one. That's a phone. Sorry. No. It's all right. All right. I can hear you in one ear. That's fine. Are you I'm sure? So sorry. No, that's okay. That's all right. We can just, that's the beauty of it. We'll just cut that okay. part out. So that's okay. All righty. Uh-huh. So, so I asked you about pivoting with the, um, with what's going on and then just being a leader of your team. Right. So uh, it's been challenging trying to pivot, trying to figure out where clients are going next uh, and keeping my staff motivated and feeling like we have direction and there's something to work towards. And uh, yeah, dealing with the bills that Mm -hmm. still come in and all of the things that still need to be paid. So I took action immediately and um, applied for the small business administration loan and the PPP uh, and was fortunate to get both. Um, I was also fortunate to get uh, some relief on my office mortgage for a few mm. months from the SBA because my my mortgage is with the SBA. Uh, so I have that relief. So I've been blessed with yeah. by the support that I that I've been getting. Now the now the trick is how can I turn this around and pivot into virtual and mm-hmm. still keep uh, alive. Uh, sort of uh, roster and options available for people who might go in that direction, as well as from a production point of view, figure out how we're going to pivot clients and where they're Mm going to pivot, whether it's Mm -hmm. going to be hybrid or completely virtual, or maybe they don't have the stomach at all for virtual. There'll still be those meetings that just, you know, they don't want to change what they're doing and they're small enough. So it's right now it's guessing and it's throwing yeah. things out there, not standing still. Uh, the virtual thing is out there. We already, we just, we're signing a contract this week as a matter of fact for a virtual performance uh, by a headliner. Uh, so we have all the agencies working with us again to, you know, make that work. And, uh, we're working on a a major event right now. That's, that has to go virtual. Uh, and it's a pretty big public facing event that we're working on and we're Mm -hmm. pivoting that. 
So I'm fortunate to have some projects. Most of them are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm relying on faith and I'm trying to stay upbeat and positive and keep my team feeling like we're a unit, even though we're spread apart. I feel the need for some bonding because mm-hmm. we're so spread apart. Um, and I'm doing whatever I can. There was a time when I felt the responsibility of making sure that they had work, even though I didn't have the PPP. So I was just keeping them busy and paying them a minimal amount of hours that we could agree on. Yeah. I think that was the key was I didn't make decisions. I, I made decisions alone. I didn't make them alone. I made them with my staff yeah. and ran things by them and asked them what their level of capacity was, you know, and mm-hmm. could we work together? And then as soon as they got the PPP, I was able to get them back on their regular hours, which, which has been great. Yeah. The other thing that I can't stress enough. And again, I was blessed because I had three really terrific years and I was able to put money away. Mm-hmm. And that is so important because that's my buffer. Yeah. You know, I mean, Although I'd like to say, well, I have money in the bank for a rainy day. Well, this is that rainy day and uh, I hate spending it, but it's there for that reason. So I I cannot stress enough the importance of having a fund to keep you alive for as many months as you can. That's certainly worth working for. A hundred percent. So if someone was starting a business today and not in this climate, because eventually, you know, we'll get back to hopefully some semblance of what you know, real life looks like, but you know, if somebody, yeah, exactly. We'll figure out a way if, if, um, but if, you know, if some, if a young business owner came to you and said, you know, I'm interested in starting a business in, in the event industry or in particularly in entertainment, you know, what advice do you give people in terms of, um, of starting a business and what surprised you about starting a business, you know, even years ago, like that you weren't prepared to know, you know, I mean, that's the thing, right? Everyone always thinks it's fun. Like I go into a business because I want to do X, XYZ craft, right? I want to, I love to cook. So I'll start a restaurant. I love to sew clothes. So I'll start a boutique. You know, I love to do throw parties. I'll be an event planner. Nobody ever talks about like the business side of all of that. So how did you learn that? Where did that come from? You know, what were your challenges as you were building your business? Starting a business is easy. You just said it, right? It's Mm -hmm. so easy. So it's not about starting. Uh, The hard part is getting people to trust you with their business when you start. And so Mm -hmm. uh, it's really about setting yourself up in a way to support what you say and do and support the fact that it's support what you tell your clients you're going to do. So you set yourself up in a way to succeed and to be able to do what you say you're going to do and, um, and, uh, uh, you know, perform, execute yeah. well. Uh, I lost my train of thought. I'd like to go back if you don't mind. <laughs> That's okay. So, um, so business, what surprised, yeah, what yeah. surprised you about so, business? So starting a business is easy, right? Yeah. You set it yourself, but, um, yeah. you know, the, the biggest thing there is setting yourself up and getting people to, uh, to trust you with their product or service or whatever you're going to provide them. It's after that, that becomes hard. It's dealing mm-hmm. with, things like liability and um, contracting clauses and issues with clients and issues with vendors and all of the things that you deal with on a day-to-day basis that if you're not smart and deal with them in an emotionally intelligent way can be 
the death of your business. It'll yeah. end badly, you know? So those decisions are tough and they're daily. And that was what was hard. You know, you think that you are an ethical person. You think you have integrity, but when you own a business, that's really put to the test because now your livelihood is based on your ability to make money. So now you have to weigh that ability to, to your ethics and integrity with mm-hmm. your ability to make money, right? So the smartest, I think, individuals don't compromise their ethics to make money. And so if there's a problem or if there's something wrong, you fix it. And that was something I learned very early on. You fix it. I've had people say the client isn't always right. No, the client isn't always right. We know the client isn't always (laughs) right. But they don't have to know that. Because what sense is it in telling them they're wrong? What good is that? Unless you have mm-hmm. such a relationship that they trust you so imminently that, you know, you, you have that ability to say you're going to lose the business. So mm-hmm. my, you know, I've always done what I needed to do to make things right for the client and to make sure that people didn't have a reason not to call me. Yeah. Because I say this all the time. They'll have enough reasons on their own. They'll make up enough reasons on their own not to call. Mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't need to give them any, you know? Yeah. And right. The point is you serve them well and they come back. And that has been, honestly, I'm, I'm no business genius. I, I have a hard time with running a business. It, it consumes me, but um, I think I'm successful because people trust me. Yeah. And in this world, in this creative world, whatever mm-hmm. that ends up being, you, you have to have people's trust because without it, you'll get nowhere, right? You're, you're holding people's, sometimes you're holding their careers in your hand as right. their event producer or planner mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, their reputation depends on how well it goes. And that's, it's important to remember that there is that kind of power and you have to come about it very gingerly yeah. and carefully. So let's segue a little bit into creativity. You just touched on that. Yeah. Let's, um, so let's talk about creativity. Um, how do you, I mean, your whole world is about being creative. Um, so how do you continue to stay motivated in that and, and, um, generate the brilliant ideas that you do? I mean, after it feels like at some point you're like, I've done everything, like there's nothing left else to be creative. And then, you know, the magic happens. And so what's sort of your process for keeping yourself current and, and engaged and inspired in terms of creativity? Actually, as bad as it is, this virus <laughs> has been a, has been a jolt to my sense of creativity. Mm. I was feeling bored and stagnant and didn't know what to do. And now I feel like there's a wealth of opportunity out there. And there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, an, you know, there's so much that can be done here in this new platform. And so it's about what can we do? So I'm actually a little yeah. jazzed by it. And not to... I don't want to skip a question you asked me earlier, and that is what advice I'd give you a young person coming into business now. Mm-hmm. If I were, if they were coming into our business now, they have to jump on the virtual bandwagon now. I mean, that is really what they need to do. I don't, I don't care what facet of the business they're in. They need mm-hmm. to jump on virtual because that's eventually where it's going. And that's yeah. where the careers will be and will blossom. And uh, you know, 
the back end, creating product, creating platforms. Right now, the platforms that exist are so limited. So there's a world of growth in that mm-hmm. area. You know, sponsors only have so much capability within the platform that has to grow. You yeah. know, the ability to stream more than one thing at a time has to grow. There's so many things. The ability to monetize content that's going to grow. Mm-hmm. So there's so much opportunity. Uh, yeah. in our in our world it's just gonna it just looks different yeah I agree I, I mean I think it you know the virtual piece even after this it's not going away this isn't the band-aid virtual isn't just the band-aid to get us to the other side of this virus it's really the bridge that's going to take us into the future you know so I agree with you even mm-hmm. if you want to do sort of traditional events I mean even a wedding planner has to think about when weddings get back in you know in in normal fashion in person you know there could be a client who says we have family in whatever country who can't travel and we want to be able to live stream our wedding. And so, you know, even as a wedding planner, you'd have to be thinking about adding in that element of of the service too, you know, not being blind to it. Mm -hmm. You'd be, I hate to say it, an idiot not to. Yeah. Because even if your clients aren't asking for it now, they will. And right. you'd be smart to get on the bandwagon now and learn all you can about the service. Mm-hmm. Already having information on how the industry works, it'll only bolster that knowledge and bring you to the next level and, and enable you to, to provide things that others aren't providing now and yeah. be, on, be up with the trend, you know, because mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. We've, so, we've grown so accustomed to this now, mm-hmm. we've, right? Have you not been in front of your screen all day like right. I have? Yep, I talk exactly. to more people now I do I too, did, right? I do so, too. Right? And the idea that we're sort of looking in on somebody else's world, all so comfortable yeah. that yes, yeah. absolutely. And there are already uh, DJs and, and bands in San Diego that honestly get this already and are preparing mm-hmm. for this. The ability to, to zoom their performances into other areas from, uh, from a hybrid event, from their home, mm-hmm. wherever, this is already happening. Yeah. So you're, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the fact that we're now doing online funerals <laughs> should tell you that, you know, we have entered into a whole new realm of the world, right? Well, like I this, died online a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, uh, I, I actually wow. made the comment the other day. I was like, this is, I do not want to die during this period and no, no, you know, not to make a joke of, you know, I've realized a lot of people are, but I, I mean, I, I want lights. I want production. I want full catering. Like I do not want just right. people to be on another zoom to say how much they enjoyed being in my life. Like that is you not for me. Gather. You will come yes. around, you will gather around me or there will yes. be no will. I know. Right. I mean, I, you know, I want you singing at my funeral. I want, you know, I want like the full on production. I didn't come into, the, I haven't worked this hard in the industry to go out via zoom. So let that be known. A, to go out in a Yes, exactly. End of meeting. Like, that's it. It's just final, right? It's just final. (laughs) Right. So that is not, I am just fingers crossed. I'm like, if, you know, when the good Lord is ready, please let it be. We win a time when we can all gather. So that's, (laughs) so that's funny. So um, let's segue to just sort of talking about mentorship and um, where have you found that in your life and who's an important mentor even to you, you know, for you even now in as somebody would say oh he's so established in his career he knows what he's doing who needs to mentor him but i bet there's still people who 
you look to? Uh, every CEO that I work with is a secret mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who has had more success, uh, Andrea Michaels, mm-hmm. uh, while she may not know it, has served as my mentor just in yeah. you know the way that she's created experiences and her eye for yeah. detail. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that I am. I am. I've, I, I learn wherever I can, you know, yeah. I don't have a mentor that's ever been like a go-to in my life. Somebody that I could bounce business ideas off of or life ideas. You know, I, I've not had that and I've never paid for that service. Mm-hmm. Um, I just keep my eyes open and try to be open to new ideas and learn and try to look beyond the surface in yeah. everything and take away what I can. And, you know, <laughs> It works for me, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not the smartest guy. And sometimes I feel like I'm not heard. You know, I sit around a table with my clients who have owned big mm-hmm. companies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have to be a voice that they need to listen to. And making, it's not always easy. Yeah. You know, it's not always easy to get them to listen uh, when you're not as big as they are. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. It takes fortitude as well. Boy, I never would have been able to do that 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, I learned how to be around those kinds of people by being around them. Yeah. And by seeing them for who they are. Right. Right. And sitting at the Uh, table and feeling confident enough that you were, that you have a seat at the table. I think that's one of the best, you know, one of the best lessons. I I used to think that before I started my career, as as you know, I worked at a law firm in San Diego. And so I used to be sitting in meetings with very senior partners and, you know, the managing partner of the firm. And I'd oftentimes be the only woman at the table and I'd be, you know, 20 years younger than the next person sitting next to me. And, and for whatever reason, I always felt like I belonged. Like I never felt like I had to ask to be at that table, you know, and, and when that seat is given to you, that's when you need to sit up, stand up, you know, show up and, and right. find, uh, take the lessons, you know, and, and, right. and listen to conversations and learn, listen to the CEOs and learn from all of that, but also feel like you have a voice at that table as right. well. And I think that's always really important. Part of that is knowing that you have something to offer, yep. uh, a perspective or a certain work ethic, uh, creativity, whatever it is that you have something mm-hmm. solid to offer and believing in that. Yep. Uh, it's key in feeling like you you have a seat at the table yeah, uh, for sure. And, you know, it's funny you say that because I have a another planner friend that lives on the East Coast, a really good planner friend named Amy Stover, who was a planner for Reed Smith. Uh, for a long time and got her law degree to be a planner at Reed Smith so that Mm. they would take her seriously as a planner because she knew she was going to be in a room with people who all felt they were the smartest person in the room. So uh, she had to do that. And you know what? Boy, she got their respect. I mean, they listened to her, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, She did what she needed to do to sit at the table, but um, Mm -hmm. it's not easy was the point. It's not always easy. Not always easy, for sure, for sure. So um, when is the last time you had to ask for help and have you had to make a big ask that you can think of? Uh, I have to ask for help when there's a recession. (laughs) <laughs> and I have to go back to my clients and ask if there's mm-hmm. anything that we can do for them. Mm-hmm. That's not easy. 
yep. because it makes you feel like you failed. You need business, right? Where's your money, right? Yeah. So, uh, but I've done it because I mm-hmm. feel like if we're building partnerships, they 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 would want to know mm-hmm. that I can use their help, um, and I would do the same, you know. Yep. So I've had to ask uh, for that. Um, asking for loans, you know. I mean, that's for me. That's not. I don't like to owe. So yeah. um, asking for yeah. that kind of help is, while I'm glad to have it, it's not the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and for, you know, I'm not a big ass. It's so funny when you told me this is the big ass guy. I was like, oh God, I'm not that guy because I... <laughs> I, I have a hard time. I've been on yeah. the board of Homestart with you for a long mm-hmm. time and, and mm-hmm. have been there even longer. And I am just now getting comfortable asking people for money. And yeah. I think that's only because now I'm at a point where I can give a little bit more. So I feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm that guy. I, I don't, I'm sorry to say I'm not the guy who's so confident that he's going to go up and ask for something yeah. unless he honestly 100% feels he deserves it. And even then it's hard for him to ask for because I yeah. don't ask for things. I just do them myself. I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. If I wanted, I yeah. just sort of do them. I think it has a lot to do with my childhood and expectations and all of that bull. But yeah, I mean, I have <laughs> that's to another honest. podcast. <laughs> yes, a whole other podcast. Um, yeah. I mean, I do. I think there is a part of asking um, that is learned. I mean, and it can definitely be a skill just like, you know, something you learn in your business. I think there is a skill that can be taught when it, when it comes to asking, but you know, even, even, you know, the examples that you've given have been so important. I mean, in this, if you were not reaching out to your clients, asking for them to, you know, touch base with you, how can we help you here? We need funding, you know, those kinds of things, your business would not survive what it's currently going through. And we're all hanging on by a thread anyway. So having that courage to say, I need to get out of my own way be a little uncomfortable and make these asks, you know, I think that's important because um, otherwise, you know, where are you, right? The answer is always no. I always say the answer is always no if you don't ask. So you might as well, you might as well ask, you know. And the other so, side of that coin is you are your best advocate, right? Yep, I mean, 100%. If you don't ask to your point, right? Yep, exactly, exactly. So you mentioned Homestart. You and I have the pleasure of serving on a fabulous board for an organization um, called Homestart. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that and maybe any other causes that you are um, devoted to? I know you're, you're sure. very generous around town. So um, oh. so tell us a little how you, how you spend your time. Just want you to know that when I hit gold, I'm going to be even more generous. <laughs> good. <laughs> it's my plan in life. Yeah, good. It I like joy, it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, I joined Homestart, uh, I want to say it about 12 years ago. I joined the board of Homestart. And um, it's, uh, as you know, uh, an agency here in San Diego that's been around since 1972 mm-hmm. with the mission to basically end child abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, to repair the damage that it makes, to help stop it in advance by strengthening families, and to help children be more self-sufficient as they grow in those environments and 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 come out more resilient and stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, even more than ever, we've talked about this with people locked in, down at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids, some kids are victims, and their homes are not their 
retreats, you know, yeah. it's where they are abused and it's, it's their, it's their nightmare. And unfortunately that's the way it is in this world. And in San Diego, it's happening. And with this economy falling the way it is, it's, it's likely getting worse in those homes. So a yeah. uh, very strong advocate for home start mm-hmm. and for the services that we can provide again, not just therapies, but uh, services that help to thwart child mm-hmm. abuse and strengthen the family unit because these kinds of you know outlying influences really do create tension and issues yeah yeah uh, and and you know what i honestly i joined the board um with an affinity for children but um it wasn't i'm i'm not a i wasn't a bleeding heart you know passionate i need to be on this board but as i've been on the board i've come to realize that i I am not a stranger to abuse and I, re, I just, you know, comes flooding back, you know, not my own, but my cousins, my uncle was an awful abuser and mm-hmm. um, I still see it affects, you know, I still see the effect of that yeah. on cousins who are my age and older and the issues mm-hmm. that they have in their lives and the unhappiness and the feeling that they've never been loved. You know, I mean, all of that is still there. Right. And it's it's disheartening to see. And so it's close to my heart, you know, um, and Vista Hill, as you know, Mm -hmm. um, serving people with, uh, mental issues, mm-hmm. uh, uh, emotional issues, uh, serving a, a wide, um, uh, population. What do I want to say? They're going to have to stop. Serving, community. Yeah. Serving it's a, a community, community of people. Yeah. Yeah. Serving our, yeah. uh, autistic community as mm-hmm. well, both adults and children, mm-hmm. uh, with, 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 a, plenitude of services all around the county and strong financials and caring individuals uh, who who really give passionately. Uh, And I just joined the board um, this week of, here we go, boardies. I just joined (laughs) the board of the San Diego Repertory Theater. Oh, fantastic. Which I've I've done for more uh, professional reasons. Being, having done theater, having studied theater uh i felt like it was a good opportunity for me to go back to the theater Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. have some input and it's a it's a really easy connection to my staff so we'll get season tickets they'll go to the shows it'll help us all we'll you know it'll help us all because we'll talk about the shows we'll learn from them yeah so i see it as a as an advantage and uh yeah just joined last week and i'm looking Amazing. forward to serving yeah that's awesome yeah no that's great they're like they're lucky to have you um yes i uh, you have were kind enough to introduce me to home start and it's been a thrill for me to join that board along and work alongside you in even another capacity not only professionally but in terms of board service um and you're right. I mean, you know, I, I feel very fortunate because I grew up in a very safe home with two loving parents and, you know, I, I, I don't really have anything to complain about. Um, and I know that's not, that's a, that tends to be a rare story. It doesn't necessarily always necessarily that it's the, the norm. And so, um, you know, I'm just 
I just think it's, it's just good karma because I was so blessed in, in the work that Homestart is doing is for those who aren't as necessarily blessed as I am. And so uh, just to have a small part in, you know, making that organization better is, is really been a, a great privilege. So thank you for that. I have to that. say something to you that, no, I have to thank you because, you know, I've sat on boards for a number of years now and there are, there are a variety of types of board members and mm-hmm. many I've, I've, I've witnessed people who take on positions on boards um, for the sake of having their name attached to mm-hmm. a, a specific organization uh, or for whatever reason, but the, you can see that the effort is not really there. They're not putting much in, they're not really present. And yeah. you have been the complete opposite. Of, you know, I mean, it's, it's been such a point of pride for me that I brought you onto the Homestar yeah. board. Yeah. Because you've just been so wrapped, you got so wrapped in and so willing to contribute, and not just at the meetings and not just when it's called for, but on your own time, you're thinking of things and coming up with ideas and, and you know, uh, rehashing, mm-hmm. you know, comments. And I mean, you're, you're, you're present and you're, wow. and you're so you're responding and you're, you're <laughs> contributing and I'm just so... So oh. proud that you were thank on the you. I, th- I thank you. Yes. But I, I didn't thank bring you. a dud. I didn't Siri. bring a dud onto the Homestar board. I didn't yeah, bring a dud right, onto exactly. the board. <laughs> See, you don't have to be known as that person. That money first at the, at the yeah. silent yes. auction. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? See what happens? <laughs> I spend money at a silent auction. Actually, on behalf of my parents. My parents should be sitting on the board, but. Never mind. So yes, I was that's proud of that night too. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. So I think I'm going to just change the it's not it's no longer the big ask podcast. It's when Balada asks podcast. Because when Balada asks, I'll tell you when I will I will always show up um when you make an ask. So right back good. Back. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're going to, we're going to end with, uh, some rapid fire questions, which are just intended to be fun. We, we end every podcast this way. It's just a fun way for us to continue to get to know you. So, um, first thing that comes to your mind, no pressure, right? Here we go. Title of your lifetime movie. Three blocks from normal. Okay. If you could change places with any celebrity right this minute, who would it be? Jay Leno. <laughs> Okay. When do you feel on my mind? (laughs) Perfect. Uh, When do you feel happiest? When I'm singing. Yes. Yes. That's, and that is a gift to all of us. Uh, If you were running for politics, what would be your biggest campaign promise? To say, to do what I say. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. To not overpromise and do what I say. Okay. Uh, ultimate dinner party, which four guests do you invent, invite and why? Can be a live, dead, comic character, movie character, oh, doesn't sure. matter. Here's, here's my gayness. <laughs> okay, well, come on. I'm not really sure I want to have dinner with her, but I, I'm, I'm interested. in the room? In the room. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know okay. if I want her to watch me eat. I might okay. get a little uncomfortable, you know? <laughs> I would love to meet Barack Obama. I yes. think that he is such an incredible leader and statesman. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd love to meet him. Uh, I would love to meet. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I would really, I don't know. I don't want really. What do I say? Let me four people. <laughs> four people. Oh. 
So we got Barack, we got Barbara. We got Barack and Barbara, and we'll go with... Um, Okay, it's just two. It's an intimate party. Um, so, yeah, I want it all to be about me. <laughs> just yourself. You just want to clone and eat with yourself. <laughs> I, I could have said something really stupid like Rock Hudson, Rock Hudson, Rock Hudson, Rock Hudson. Because <laughs> now he's on my mind. I'm watching that yes. Hollywood. Oh, uh, right. Right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, moving on. Right this minute, you have to get a tattoo. What do you get and why? A heart on my ankle okay good biggest pet peeve in business oh people who don't follow through Mm. yes yes um what is your wish for the next generation that i wish for uh for people to embrace Let me say this again. My wish for the next generation is that they take their focus off of themselves. Mm -hmm. That they have a wider view of the world. Yeah. And that they're able to see it without getting in the way. Yes. Like every picture doesn't have to be a selfie. It can actually be about the landscape. (laughs) What's in front of you. It doesn't always have to be what, yeah, exactly. That's a great answer. Uh, When when does your light shine the brightest? When I'm with people I love. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I'm having a good time with people, that's probably when I'm shining light. Yeah. 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 You've got a great I'm not shining it alone. When I'm alone, it's very deep. Yes. Yes. Okay. Last question. Uh, What is your big ask, either personally or professionally right now that we can help you with? Do you have anything that's, that's an ask that we can help you with? I would love help with Homestart. If anybody would be willing to give a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars more, every penny counts. The kids need it. We need it. We will Mm -hmm. put it to good use. It will not be spent unwisely. Uh, and it will help people and, uh, and you know, the kids. That's the yeah. main thing is those kids. So that well, would be my, my big ask. Yes, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. I second that. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for saying yes to being a guest on my podcast when I asked you. Um, you know I adore you. And I'm so delighted that the rest of the world gets a chance mm. to know you as well as I do. So thank you so much, Mr. Bellata, my Anthony. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for making the big ask. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of the Big Ask Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe to and share the podcast with your friends. And be sure to connect with me on social at Miss Nicole Matthews or at Big Ask Podcast. Until next time, let today be the day you make a big ask. Big Ask.